we're going to argue about this later. All right, stop. We have a guest on right now that we have to get to, but we're going to argue about this later. Katie and I are at very different ends of the spectrum on Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. I am already so sick of Taylor Swift in Tokyo. Can't she make it back in time for the game? What did she say to Travis Kelsey on the field? And did you see her talking to Tony Romo? And oh, Taylor's I just, Tokyo tea. That's I what am, we're gonna call it. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm Tailored out. It. Yeah. You know what though? What is wild? And we talked about this earlier this week, and it kind of ties into the, our next guest, who's of course a Missouri uh, lawmaker. That Taylor Swift has had a legitimate impact on the Missouri economy. And mm-hmm. because of the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. like her, Huge. the attention that she brings, the NFL and the merchandise and the tickets and just the attention, like has an impact. I can't remember the number, but we re- we read that report a, a couple months ago about the legitimate impact that Taylor Swift dating a member of the Kansas City Chiefs the has merchandise. on the economy. It's insane. The merchandise is like it's gone an, up. I can't take it. A huge. I'm level. so done with all of it. But and I say go Taylor, go. We'll we'll argue later when we don't have when we don't have guests over. Right now we have a guest on the line, and that is Missouri State Representative Phil Cristofanelli, who is back on the show with us um, to talk about a resolution, a very important resolution uh, about the southern border. Uh, Representative Cristofanelli, thank you so much for your time today. How are you? I'm glad to be with you. Happy to be back on. Yeah, you bet. Um, are you a big, big Taylor Swift fan in the Super Bowl? There's only one <laughs> right know, answer, it, Phil. It was getting a little old. It was Amen. Oh. <laughs> Growing a little tired. It's a lot to take. Uh, oh, man. There's going to be how many camera shots? That'll be one of the biggest bets of the Super Bowl. You know, there's always the really oh, yeah. weird prop bets during the one. Super Bowl. It's going to be. You know, the over-under on how many times the camera cuts mm-hmm. to Taylor Swift on the Super Bowl. It's going to be... Well, you know, we're working to make sports betting legal here in the state. Well, let's go. There you go. I've been, I've been at it for five years now. I filed that bill. And think of all the bets that <sighs> would be placed on, on the camera shots on Taylor Swift. And that would be money and the coffers for Missouri's education budget. Amen. So we're you, trying to do it. Yeah, and you know what? And and, and I want to get into to a couple of those issues with you because we've, you know, obviously that has been at the spotlight with some of the drama that's been happening there in, in Jeff City. Uh, you know, a lot of this, uh, a lot of the frustration and a lot of the reason that, that we have gotten to the place that we are now is because of bills like sports betting and initiative petition and all these things that – seem to be seem to have everybody agreeing on they everybody points out how good they would be for the state of Missouri and yet in action every year so I don't want to get too far ahead of things I, I would like to get into some of those things as we continue the conversation but first and foremost I want to talk about this resolution that you uh, have put forth uh, basically supporting what uh, the governor of Texas is doing down at the southern border and uh, wanting Missouri to get involved as well can you tell us about uh, can you tell us about this resolution and your motivation uh, for moving forward with it that's right. And I, I tell you what, there's probably no greater issue facing our country right now uh, beyond the mass migration uh, for on our southern border. You know, a, a, we can't have a country without strong borders. Uh, and in the last eight years, 
or excuse me, in the last four years uh, during the Biden administration, uh, they've had over 8.3 million illegal crossings at our southern border. Uh, and, you know, uh, when they had Chewbacca running around the Capitol on January 6th, mm-hmm. they called that an insurrection. <laughs> but they can't seem to figure out that 8.3 million people uh, crossing our southern border is an invasion. And I think uh, Greg Abbott was absolutely right to call it is what it is. Uh, we've had 1.7 of these migrants uh, that uh, completely evaded the, the border patrol at all. Uh, you've had, you know, over 300 people come in uh, that are on the terror watch list uh, during the Biden administration. I mean, this is the, the national security issue of our time. Uh, and until we start, you know, taking it seriously, I think everything else needs to be put on the sideline. Representative Cristofanelli, whenever we talk about the importance of being a part of this cause and being a part of this fight, why specifically is it important for a Midwest state like Missouri to help out these border states like Texas? I mean, why is it that we need to be involved so heavily on these border state issues? Well, every state's a border state now because, you know, what they're doing, the federal government is is placing these migrants around the country in our urban centers are becoming overwhelmed uh and you know uh when the, they they started doing this basically we were told there was nothing that we could do if the feds wanted to put a bunch of migrants in in st louis or kansas city uh and you know there's just no plan to accommodate this this mass influx uh and you know our our immigration courts are so backed up that there's no adjudication that these folks are actually seeking refugee status uh, i mean a lot of these these people are able-bodied military-aged men uh, that are coming into the country and so uh, we we are not uh, supposed to be the welfare provider of the world uh, these folks need to go through our immigration system uh, and certainly we could talk about what reforms should exist to that immigration system but not until we've secured our southern border and so uh, i did file a resolution uh, i said that the state of Missouri is going to stand with Texas. Uh, and I've urged that the governor join with other states and, and help them get some of our National Guard folks down there to keep keep our border safe. I love the way that you characterized this situation because we have heard so much in the news about January 6th. It never goes away. And, you know, all of these... All of these states that are trying to remove Donald Trump from the uh, from the ballot and whether you're a Trump supporter or not, you know, this is a big time issue because we're talking about taking, you know, the power away from voters and it's all wrapped up in insurrection, insurrection, insurrection and you know they want the the left wants you to believe that this that this big attempt to uh, overthrow the government take over the country happened on January sixth with some protesters. Meanwhile, as you just mentioned, and I think this is so important for people to understand, and I'm so glad you you put it that way. You know that that this is one the incident with you know dozens of people involved in the Capitol, whereas we have every day. Thousands of people and over the course of the last several years, millions of people invading our country at the southern border. Talk about mis you know, uh, aligning our focus when they want to distract us with an insurrection on January 6th while letting the floodgates open at the southern border. I, I think that is such an important piece that people need to remember. 
And the sad reality is, is the left wants this. Uh, you know, the last election was won in a handful of precincts across the country. Less than 100,000 votes uh, decided uh, whether or not we were going to be uh, led by President Donald Trump or, you know, brain-dead Biden. And uh, what it comes down to uh, is they want to register these people to vote. Uh, it, it, think about it, 100,000 out of the one, the 8.3 million uh, that have come in here, that's a fraction of the percentage that they just have to get registered. Uh, and they know it, and they know that they're all going to be Democrats. And that's what this is all about. So if, uh, if, if Governor Parson uh, agrees with and goes along with your resolution, what specifically are you calling for? What's, what specifically is Texas doing and what can Missouri do to help Texas's effort to secure the border? So there's a number of other states that have uh, made their National Guard available to Texas uh, to aid in, in their efforts to secure their border. Uh, and certainly I think we need to lend uh, our moral support uh, to the governor of Texas uh, and make clear that, that uh, you know, when a, when a state like Texas uh, receives this type of uh, invasive uh, action from, from foreign countries, they have a right uh, to defend our borders and, and keep their citizenry safe. And so, uh, you know, we stand with the governor of Texas. I think that we should make any resources available to him to help him get the job done. With all the with all the news coming out of Jeff City, with all the drama coming out of Jeff City, and we sort of just we sort of touched on it at the beginning of the conversation here. We're talking to Missouri State Representative Phil Cristofanelli uh, about the resolution to support Texas and uh, the their attempt to uh, to uh, solidify the the southern border to address the the issue there at the border. Um, you know, Jeff City has been in the news big time over the last week, and I'm sure you're pretty happy, maybe, uh, to uh, be in the House right now and not the Senate with all that, uh, with all the drama and the spotlight there. Uh, but obviously, what's happening within the Republican Party and what's happening in Jeff City is is impacting everything about this legislative session and, and everything that happens the the business of Jeff Jeff City uh, in general. Are you afraid that uh, 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 that situation could maybe stop this resolution from moving forward and some of these other important issues from moving forward this year in the legislative session? Well, the good news is I just made it a House resolution, so we don't have to send it. Yeah, oh, beautiful. <laughs> Amen to that. I wish I could do that with all my. Yeah. I wish I could do that with all my legislation. No right kidding. Now, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we have you know reached the time of of uh, you know um, peak peak dysfunction uh, in the building, and um, you know there's there's a lot of reasons for it. This has been building up for years. We have a Republican supermajority, but we do not have a conservative supermajority. Yeah. There's probably only four of us in the house that could be fairly called conservatives and every day you know we have uh, situations where you know the moderates are happy and the democrats are happy but uh, the, the folks that uh, elected us to come work on you know big conservative ideas are often left by the sidelines and that's led to a lot of hurt feelings uh and you know uh, what it comes down to is there's not that many senators they, they just need to put their personal differences aside get together sit in a room and negotiate it out 
uh, until we can we can deliver on the priorities that our state uh, and our our voters are demanding. And I'm really hopeful that our senators will do that and that uh, cooler heads will prevail uh, because we have a limited time that we're we're allowed to be here. Uh, there's a limited time where you know bills can advance uh, and the clock's ticking. We're one month into session uh, and we haven't delivered anything yet. And so I'm I'm uh, hope springs eternal every day in the Missouri legislature. Uh, and so I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, we made a little progress last night. They uh, approved the gubernatorial appointments. Yeah. Uh, there's some really good bills on the calendar. There's a bill uh, to reform our uh, initiative petition process moving through committee. There's a bill to expand Missouri's school choice program that's sitting on the Senate calendar right now, ready for consideration of the full body. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff that we could do this year, and I hope they get to it. Yeah, amen. I, ho- I hope you do as well, and I hope that we can get you back on um, sometime very soon to dig into some of these issues. Uh, last question for you. You just touched on a lot of them right there. You know, initiative uh, petition and school choice. Uh, obviously, the southern border that we're talking about. There's there, in, in sports betting we talked about at the beginning. Uh, how how much are you hearing from your constituents that they're tired of the inaction and they want to see movement on these bills that we seem to have we seem to have full agreement on and yet never get across the finish line. How much, how much pressure are you feeling? Not necessarily personally, but just, you know, on, on the Republican party in the state of Missouri to deliver on some of these things for voters that we have been asking for, for a long time now. Well, I hear it all the time and, you know, I'm running for Senate, so I'm out there knocking doors every day uh, that I'm back home. And, and when I, you know, talk to people on their doorstep, uh, they get, they're frustrated and, you know, they, they look at other states around the country that have passed universal school choice, uh, states around the country that have eliminated their income tax, states around the country that have reformed their judicial system uh, to be more friendly. Uh, to all parties involved, uh, taking on the really big things that we expect our legislature to do uh, in, in a conservative state, and they want to know why we can't get it done. Uh, and, you know, the, the answer is uh, because people uh, are, are letting personal differences yeah. get in the way of policy advancement, and yeah, we can't absolutely. let that happen. we got to come together as adults uh, and get negotiate to an, an end, end result that, that delivers for our voters. And yeah. So, um, I think that, I think that you know we're making progress, uh, and uh, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to see some movement soon. Missouri State Rep. Phil Cristofanelli, really appreciate your time. As always, hope to get you back on really, really soon. In the meantime, you mentioned the campaign for Senate. If people want to learn more about your campaign or just want to keep up with all the things that you are working on in session this year, uh, what are the best ways to do so? Website, social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can go to philformissouri.com and uh, learn more about me in eastern St. Charles County. It's where I'm running to replace uh, Senator Eigel, who's running for governor. And so, sure would appreciate everybody's support. Well, I'm a St. Peter's resident myself, uh, Representative All Chris right. Finale. So, yeah, so uh, you know, I'm very engaged in uh, in what's happening in your area there. So, uh, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate talking to you about the issues, and hope to get you back on sometime very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. Great stuff there from Missouri State Representative Phil Cristofanelli, and all for this resolution to have the state of Missouri back Greg Abbott I love and it. Texas's uh, uh, attempts to take the lead. You know, the federal government's not doing their job, so the How states wild. down at the border, you know, wanted they're ready to go. They're ready to do it themselves and work with other states. 
that are willing to help close the border and stop this, in his words, invasion. And I agree with it mm-hmm. that we've been experiencing here with um, uh, with the, the, the open door policy down at the southern border. So great stuff there from Representative Phil Cristofanelli. All right. Speaking of Phil, I saw my first Puxatawney Phil story. Saw my first headline today. <laughs> that top hat and okay. coat. How you feel about Puxatawney Phil is how I feel about Taylor Swift. Okay. So okay. <laughs> now you a understand. Harsh, but okay. Well, that's, that's how I feel. Uh, Taylor in Tokyo, Puxatawney Phil, also Mark Cuban. Maybe he's sticking his foot in his mouth, trying to be the woke hero on social media and may have opened himself up to a lawsuit. I'll explain all of that and more next on Colombo and Katie. With a souped up tempo, I'm on a roll. It's time to go solo. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 News Talk STL. Big thank you to State Representative Phil Cristofanelli for joining us in that last segment. Great uh, update on what's happening there in the state capitol and on his resolution about the southern border. If you missed any of that conversation or if you missed any of our conversation earlier with Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com, make sure you are subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast so you never miss any of those conversations. We put the show out as a podcast shortly after we get off the air every day, and we put it on basically every podcast platform. So whatever your favorite one is, whatever your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, many, many more, make sure you're subscribed to Columbo and Katie and you'll never miss anything that happens here on the show. All right, we mentioned a couple times in various conversations today, identity politics, and Mark Cuban, the billionaire, may be facing lawsuits after defending DEI in a viral post. A federal official has expanded on exactly why billionaire investor Mark Cuban may be in legal violation of hiring discrimination based on race or gender. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission official Andrea Lucas said in an interview today, quote, the law is crystal clear. There is no legitimate business reason that justifies discrimination based on race or sex. Mr. Cuban is conflating the idea that someone's race and sex can be a part of the complete package. That's not what the law says. So at the heart of this is a tweet that Mark Cuban sent earlier this week that said, quote, I've never hired anyone based exclusively on race, gender, or religion. I only ever hire the person that will put my business in the best position to succeed. So far, so good. Then he says, and yes, race and gender can be a part of the equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. To which Lucas, again, who is a federal official uh, with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission says, at Mark Cuban, EEOC commissioner here, unfortunately, you're dead wrong Mm. on black letter Title VII law as a general rule, race and sex can't even be a motivating factor. 
nor a plus factor, tiebreaker, or tipping point. Tipping it's point. important employers understand the ground rules here. She went on to say, quote, the law is crystal clear. There's no legitimate business reason that justifies discrimination based on race or sex. Mr. Cuban is conflating the idea that someone's race and sex can be a part of the complete package, but that's not provided under the law. And if he's using it as a factor, even if it's even if it's not the only factor, if it's any part of the decision, then it's a motivating factor and it's illegal. All race discrimination is wrong. It doesn't matter how benevolent you are trying to be that or that you have good intentions. If you're making a decision based on race and any part, you're violating the law. So here's Mark Cuban talking about how, yeah, I'll factor in race and sex because diversity is a good thing. So I'll factor that in when I'm hiring somebody. And that's exactly wrong why do we even make resumes anymore <laughs> why do we make resumes i mean let's go why do we go to school trying to be why the, do we pay to co- trying to, to be the woke superhero and you're being at the at the end of the day you're being racist why do we have to be educated anymore in anything and i'm not saying like that that's everything that mark cuban just said he's only basing it off of you know the deis the race ethnicity yeah. gender nothing like that he didn't say he was he didn't say he was only basing it but, on that but he said it's part of the factor but if that is part of it and i walk into a room and you say we don't have any girls on staff uh, we need a woman yeah. She's the only woman that has come in today. Yeah. Let's go ahead and hire her because that's what we're looking for. Just a, a white woman. Right. Then why did I just need all of that education? Why did I need to go to school? Why did I need to study? Why did I need to do anything? If everything comes down to yeah. that, then what has my life's work been? Yeah. Experience out the window. All of that. We're just, we're telling kids, we're telling the youth of today that, you don't need to be educated. You don't need to try. You don't need to have experiences under your belt. You don't if you have the hard. right, if you're, if you fit the right, if you boxes, have the right boxes, which I mean, is exactly wrong, which is exactly wrong. That's how you end up with Kareem Jean-Pierre race, creed, color, sexual preference. None, none of that should factor in in any way because that is racist. Or sexist. And you know, this is where it gets, this is why it makes me so angry because if you work at a a place that is very diverse, let's say, because everybody fits the same merit, everyone got there because they all of their just actual credentials because of the resume, they got hired because of those things. And you look around the room and you see there's a lot of ethnicity, a lot of race, a lot of, you know, there's just differences in the workplace. And you decide as an employee you know, maybe we should talk about like or highlight some of these things. Maybe someone has a religious thing that they want to celebrate or maybe we want to talk about different experiences that we had maybe growing up or different things that we experienced as a, as different races. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I am completely okay with people as adults celebrating each other, figuring it out, figuring things out about each other, wanting to know the difference amongst each other. Diversity can be so freaking beautiful. Yes, absolutely. But when it's weaponized or forced or forced or used as something that like that becomes a political movement, that's when it's not authentic. That's whenever we start to get into issues like this where Mark Cuban thinks it's okay to say, "I I hired her because she's black. Yeah. 
if there's a if there's a if there's a business that's run by all women and they decide hey we should probably really get a guy in here because we need to because we just feel like uh that's the right thing to do and they hire me because i'm a guy but i'm like the 10th on the list of qualified applicants it's, but i got hired because of my sex or my race that's not good for the business it's not good for me because i'm not necessarily the, the qualified for this position it's not good for the it's not good for my productivity com- the company yeah it's it's when you force this this well, this is why this is why it is this is why equality true equality is so important because we to get rid of that that it should not be and look are we all the way there yet no are we a lot further than uh, than people in uh, particularly on the left would have you believe yes we've 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 made tremendous progress that we should be proud of and mm-hmm. highlighting mm-hmm. but we also shouldn't be resting and saying okay we've defeated racism yeah, and sexism because we haven't but we've come a long way, and that's a really good thing. And we should recognize that, celebrate it, and continue to push forward. Mm-hmm. But you don't push forward by saying, "Okay, now we have now we have to check a bunch of boxes," because that is exactly how that's 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 exactly what gets you into the position that you're trying to that we're trying to get away from. If you hire only because if you're if you're fighting against the days of oh well you just hired a bunch of white guys to do something because they were white guys okay you're on to something we do need to get away from that but you don't do it by saying now we just need to hire a bunch of everything uh, we need to hire you know other people based on solely their mm-hmm. their color mm-hmm. of their skin or their or their gender mm-hmm. that that's not equality no that's not how you fix the problem you fix the problem by f- striving for true equality yeah and you mm-hmm. got a hero out there like Mark Cuban, who thinks he's, who thinks he's, you know, scoring all these woke points by going on and saying, no, I don't hire people only based on the color of their skin, but it sure is a factor. Mm. Doesn't feel too good. Yeah. Flip that around if you're hiring white dudes with that statement. That doesn't, I mean, as a woman, it's not not the only thing, but it is a factor. And I'll probably hire the white guy first because of the fact, like, you know, you can take that state. And I know that's not what he said, but I'm saying you could take that exact statement. Yeah. And and, apply it. And apply it a certain way. And it gets real gross real fast. Mm -hmm. Totally. Which is why the statement on its own is patently against the law. Yeah. As pointed out by this. By this EEOC um, uh, lawyer who <laughs> who just roasted him. It's gone. It's gone totally viral, mm-hmm. and you can tell he just has no idea even how to react. He's just spinning in circles, you know. Like I never said anything. I said I only hire. There was he replied with a tweet something like, "I don't know how clear I can be. I only <laughs> hire the best people for the best position." No. That's not it. That's not what you said at all. <laughs> it's but it is one of those. Th- it is a realization though that we just listened to a clip with Crane Durham with Corrine Jean Pierre stumbling her way through just talking about the three U.S. soldiers that died in Jordan. Mm-hmm. She couldn't even put together a sentence talking about them and putting a heartfelt message out there for the American public because she, because there is a form of de 
EI programming that yeah. happened to hire her as the press secretary yeah. for the White House. And you could tell that she was trying to be careful not to say too, not to give too much of a positive spin on the military because she doesn't want to, like there's so many, there's so many, I, there's so much identity politics in every word that gets said out of that administration. You have to be careful. That they have to be careful, that she can't even say brave men men and women fighting for our country like she stumbles through even trying to show gratitude to the military because well i don't want to show too much gratitude because i don't want to get in trouble for it just it's just chaos yeah so my first poxitani phil headline this is going to be the week of poxitani phil and taylor swift get ready (sighs) they're the two best friends that anyone could have because they're both super annoying Phil and Taylor. Taylor Swift and Move her. Move over, Travis. Taylor and Tokyo and Poxitani Phil, who, by the way, has only been right 39% of the time. He's Phil. not even 50-50. Come on. It's not Phil's And fault, yet though. the world watches Phil. Too much pressure on the guy. I don't know if it's Friday. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you think Phil was just in the news for the heck of it? I thought maybe next week, but this is week is Feb. Yeah, it is February. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Where's the realization has just set in. All right, that's it for us today. Clemo and Katie back tomorrow at 2. The O'Reilly Report next, followed by Tim Jones and Chris Harbison, and Larry Connors, USA, then the Rob Carter Show. Thank you so much for listening to us at 101.9941 One News Talk, STL.